Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God Launching Podcast, and on today's episode, I'm talking to Chelsea Fork, who works in the food and drink industry. Now, she helps people, you know, make money from their food and drink business. Um, so we talk about her launches from when she started out to where she is today and the experiences, the mistakes, the lessons, the epiphanies, the pivots, all of it. So it's a really good um, discussion that we had, uh, especially around messaging is And this is something I talked about a lot, obviously, how important it is to not get, you know, stuck in our head about the messaging. So take a listen and um, make a note of that. And um, yeah, let's dive into the episode. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time, but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done by when and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free map out your launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now you'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wescar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I have Chelsea Ford with me. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you here, and uh, you're coming in from Sydney, Australia, is that, is that correct? I sure am. Very warm <laughs> summer Sydney. Oh, God. Yeah, it's totally opposite of what Norway is. It's, it's um, ice cold, minus degrees. Yeah, it's. Um, I would love to have that warmth you guys have <laughs> in the winter, but then again, you know, we enjoy the summer while you have winter, so. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's the way it is. Um. We are going to talk a little bit about your launch journey, how you kind of evolved and changed your launches throughout the time that you've been having your business. But before we do that, um, introduce yourself a little bit and you know, tell us who you are, who you help, and how you help people. Well, I help women in the packaged food and drink industry put more money in their pockets. So basically, I help them get on shelves and into consumer baskets and make money doing it so that they can spend more time with their family, their children, or reinvest in their business uh, so they can take more time off or get on more shelves, whatever it is right for them. I have a background working for large consumer goods uh, enterprises and uh, my values ultimately didn't align with big food, uh, even though Mm -hmm. it's always what I wanted to do. So I went, I I quit corporate life and went and lived with a shaman in Peru and then in an ashram in India and uh, found myself, so to speak. And uh, when I came back to Australia, and I I have over my adult life, my entire life actually travelled a lot, living um, in Asia, in North America, in South America. 
uh, and various other places. Uh, and, you know, I came back to Sydney and realised that there was this swell of movement to online and people starting their own business and I could see the struggle that a lot of women had around um had brilliant creative ideas around food and drink uh, but didn't necessarily have the commercial confidence Mm -hmm. and I had that in spades so uh yeah females in food is my online platform uh where I help them build a business that's profitable so that they can have more freedom Uh, and I do that through an online program um called foodpreneurs pardon me foodpreneurs formula Nice. Is um, the food and beverage industry, is that a hard place to make it, I guess you can say? Yes, it is very hard. You know, I I mean, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth, but the truth is (laughs) that particularly in food, it's hard to make it. Why? Well, primarily for two reasons. It's super competitive and two, margins are tight. They're better in mm. beverage and alcohol. I don't tend to really work with alcohol um, uh, entrepreneurs, but uh, generally speaking, yeah, it is really tough. But it's not impossible. You just, um, you know, there's some key attributes that you've got to have um, and one of them is to not consider that taste is everything. You know, yes, for me, having a great tasting product is the operating opening line. You, you're not going to build a great business just because it's the yummiest tasting jam or, you know, the chewiest cookie. That's not what's going to cut it for you. Yeah, and then I guess that depends on the person who's tasting it as well. I mean, we all have different tastes and preferences, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, but let's talk a little bit you know, your launch journey, obviously you have a couple of programs and um, you are thinking about doing your mastermind and you're also thinking about doing a podcast. So let's start at the beginning of when you kind of launched. I don't know, what what is the first thing that you launched and how did you go about launching that first thing? I launched a membership program in 2016. So for 19 Australian dollars a month, you got uh, a community of members, you got new content from experts, including myself every month, and that may be, uh, you know, a nutrition person or a packaging designer. And we also did live events. And so mm-hmm. it meant, uh, and I had a waitlist system, and it meant opening and closing on a regular basis and doing a lot of activations to open the cart effectively uh it Mm -hmm. soon went up to 23 australian dollars and then 29 australian dollars i think and on that basis we did really really well Uh, and became and, and i focused very heavily on the aspirational aspect of owning your own food or drink business and tapped it into the mindset of the dream you know, living the dream and being the place for women in food and drink uh, to come together and to celebrate and to support each other. You know, I was very clear on on the pillars of inspiration, connection and education. 
and on that basis was fantastic and I used um always used WooCommerce and uh webinars um and active campaign and and those kind of were the three that connected everything in my business as well as Facebook at the time. Mm-hmm. So you launched by using a webinar to get them in and then sell them on the membership backend. Yeah, and everything was live. It, nothing was evergreen back then. Mm-hmm. And did you? How often did you launch it? By the way. Yeah, I probably launched it um, uh, at least once a quarter, possibly every other every other month. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, you could join during the live events as well, and so they happened a couple of times a year, predominantly in Sydney, but also Melbourne, 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 Sydney, at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And how was um, how were you feeling when you did these launches that you did over and over again? Did you feel like you know we started at ground zero and then you felt like you kind of gradually got better at this and felt like you started to master the the launching aspect? I did. Yeah, I feel. Look, I I'm very comfortable with coaching and uh, teaching and also taking people on that cadence you know I was very conscious of and I think for many people who are launching and have launched you know they probably are familiar with the idea of the cadence you know drumming up excitement and having a a hook so people turn up and uh, then continuing the uh, I guess the excitement, but also the FOMO, the fear of missing out by having a cart closing uh, mm-hmm. situation. Um, so it, for me, it felt really energizing. But remember, that was year one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I had—I mean, I, I have oodles of energy at the best of times, anyway. But you know, year one, anything—anything anything was possible, and I guess. Um, it was the first of its kind, too, in the world. So there was a lot of mm-hmm. attention and a lot of media. Uh, and we, we, we sourced media as well. So I felt like I was floating on some levels, but also incredibly busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, so you continue to launch this and um, you did this manually. Did you ever actually make it into some kind of evergreen automated thing or did you do something else i have now now the business has changed mm-hmm. quite a lot yeah just over five years and um, you know and, and and happy to talk you through the pivot if you like um, i would love that okay yeah, yeah. thanks if that's helpful i i um i guess maybe to burst the bubble of that uh you know excitement and the constant new launching and the live webinars, I pivoted two years ago to a coaching program with a lifetime access. So the price uh, went up significantly. I started to charge in US dollars. Um, I've always had people interested and clients from the US. 
and other parts of the world, but mostly US and Australia. And so because US currency is universal, I Mm -hmm. pivoted to that. And I also changed it to lifetime access. Uh, So there was, so that combated any objections around, uh, you know, I just don't have the time or the money now. It's like, well, if you've got the problem now, you can join up on, say, four payment instalments or one one payment and and you've got the content, the curriculum, the community, and most importantly, my coaching that happens every other week live for a lifetime. Uh, and the price, as I said, went up. It's um, currently fourteen ninety seven US. And um, what I did to support that, which continues to today, is an evergreen webinar, or AKA masterclass where I talk about the three key aspects of uh, getting more sales and more money, pardon me, and more freedom in your food and drink business. And then I also pivot in that same masterclass into talking about the program, so an hour of value, and then, then the last part I talk about Foodpreneur's Formula, my online mm-hmm. program. Uh, and that that was really hard to create, I've got to say. It took a lot of time. Uh, there's also a workbook that goes with it. I mean, the workbook stuff is is great because it's it's extra value, but that's not the hard part. I think really getting, the again, the cadence right within the actual masterclass itself mm-hmm. of um, not giving away absolutely everything but giving value lots and lots of value and then the pivot to the sell um, or the ask. Um, Yeah, yeah, and uh, some of the things I would say I've learned about that is for my community, uh, they often don't sit at desks all day in front of a computer. You know, they're in production of Mm -hmm. food and drink products. So I've got some question marks right now whether or not I create a shorter webinar because the actual teaching of that is 60 minutes. Uh, And, you know, the the percentage of people that complete the full, uh, watch the full 100% is low. Um, Mm -hmm. The percentage of people that show up in the first place after registration, I think it's probably industry standard. Um, But nonetheless, um, drive it most of my traffic I drive to that masterclass and you know there's been a lot of learnings along the way in terms of you know, this year I've started to um, double down on advertising and driving traffic through social media to the masterclass and you know I'm on a steep learning trajectory around the copy that is on the ad and the copy mm-hmm. that's on the registration page um and the imagery and solving a problem and yeah you know, really i spend my life like i'm sure many of your listeners can absolutely consumed about what my avatar is thinking and doing yeah mhm so you did you ditch the membership and then switch to the program is that or is the membership still living it's life on its own. Oh, it's actually a really good question. I 
I've got a hybrid. I no longer offer and haven't for two years the membership, but I honoured the members that existed. So mm-hmm. if people have um, cancelled their membership, they couldn't come back on that legacy product because it is a legacy product. But what I right. found is that the vast majority, once they realised how much I changed the program, because it's not only I didn't. What I didn't say earlier was that I didn't. I no longer do like so. I've added in live coaching, and I've added in a lot. Um, the the curriculum follows a success path, um, uh, and I understood and learnt that concept um, uh, from that Canadian guy. Um, can't remember his name in a moment. I'll remember. He's the, the king of um, membership and success. success. Uh, Stu, Stu, Stu McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so I have both, but I only offer Foodpreneurs Formula lifetime access to the market now and probably won't go back to membership. I could see, I can see how it is a fantastic offer, uh, but financially and also in terms of the guilt that often I believe a lot of other membership site owners experience, and I certainly did, that you feel like you always have to be on and delivering uh, when you've got a membership uh, Mm -hmm. fee of every month, even if it's just $19 as mine originally was, you know. Yeah, you still feel like you have to deliver something. And, yeah, you. I mean, if you even if you kind of ditch one week, you still feel like, oh, I didn't deliver this week, you know, even though they might not feel it that way. Did you ever survey your members um, on the backgrounds of that to just kind of see if they feel like you didn't deliver what you promised? Yeah, and the results that... I always get is that there's always huge value uh, that mm. that there's um, I've never had feedback that oh there's not enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly I, I think that's a classic entrepreneurial thing you know where you where you over deliver mm-hmm. yeah and you know in terms of membership too I see that and that's what Stu talks about too is you know, that you don't actually need to deliver that much content all the time because people feel like they're, you know, dropping off or getting left behind because they can't keep up with all the content. And that is actually worse than maybe not giving out so much content all the time. So, you know, even just one piece of content a week is more than enough a lot of times. Yes. Yes, that's definitely been my experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and at the moment I'm actually interestingly that we're having this conversation about the way that I was doing live masterclasses for launch and then I went to Evergreen and then just um, <laughs> to confuse your audience, I'm in the process now of preparing for a live masterclass again because mm-hmm. in the last two years since being with the lifetime access for the online program, I did what started as a five-day challenge. I dropped it back to three days for that whole reason that you just said around people feel like if they drop drop back and they don't catch up with the content, then it's uh, has a 
as a negative effect rather than a, a positive. So that's why I went mm-hmm. from five to three. But now I'm actually decided to go back to, for quarter one anyway, to a live masterclass. And yeah. I'm in the process of doing that. I, I find that when people get taught by me and they get to experience what I'm really like and it's much more impactful. I love it. I get heaps of energy for them from them and it seems to have a much greater impact, I guess, because, you know, you, people realise you're not just another talking head on the internet, that you are actually who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's interesting that you kind of testing out new things, even though you did one thing and now you're trying out another and kind of going back to where you started. Um, but I guess, you know, that is part of the launching evolution that you basically try out new things and you test things just to see how it works. And if it doesn't work, that's, you know, that's fine. And then you can go back to something that did work. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting too, though, that I would say, um, and I was listening to Amy Porterfield about this recently, that Tony Robbins had said to her, I love the lineage, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> Just stop doing new things all the time, you know, just stick to one. But in essence, my program and my offer and the transformation that I get people has stayed the same, but the mm-hmm. way that I go to market and tell people about it is has has changed and I have learned a lot. Um, and so, yes, there's been a lot of pivots and, and I love the way that you said uh, sort of evolution. Um, um, but the, the the classic going back to that idea around cadence that mm. stays the same in terms of getting people excited you know the run up with uh, seeding ideas and then saying it's coming it's coming and then it's here having again some sort of scarcity factor around the dates it's available and whether a replay is available and for this masterclass that I'm doing in a couple of weeks which would have been done by the time this uh, podcast goes live uh, you know um, then there'll be you know I'm in the process of deciding well I probably won't have a replay factor because I am going to sell on the masterclass and so that's been something as well to consider and I think it's important for people to think about you know do you need a replay I find mm-hmm. that with my evergreen webinar, actually probably the 50% of the people that didn't show up do actually watch the replay. Um, right. But on this occasion, selling in a tight cart open period, um, I, I, I must admit I'm not 100% certain on my decision in this moment as this is being recorded, whether or not <laughs> I'm going to provide a replay. I think just for my members. So mm-hmm. it's a... It's a really great topic that's a cornerstone problem for Cassie, who is the name of my uh, avatar, my target market. And uh, so there's a lot of, um, I think, opportunity to perhaps not give away the farm, if you know what I mean by that, because I tend to Mm -hmm. over-deliver with everything. And also one of the things I'm doing is, having a show up bonus so I'm dealing with a key objective that Cassie has 
that will only be available on the live masterclass. Whereas with my Evergreen uh, masterclass, you get the workbook whether you turn up or not. And there's so much value in there. There's frameworks of mine and uh, solutions and questions to help you answer some of your biggest challenges, etc. So uh, I think coming back to, well, the idea of reciprocity, but how much do you mm. give? Uh, I would say that over the years I've given too much and uh, that's fantastic, but there needs to be a degree of tension around that. You need to pay for it. Um, and so it's about kind of honouring my own expertise. But the other part of that is what you talk about, that you can overwhelm people. One can overwhelm people with too much information. Yeah. No, it's about finding that balance, I guess. Um, perfect balance, yeah. I'm curious, though. Um, so you, you've done challenge, you've done mass class webinar. Have you chosen those things based on what you want to do or what you ex, um, what excites you the most is that has has that been a central part of you choosing to do this now five years in it's five years in yeah now. yeah yeah it's about <laughs> what excites me yeah and, mm. and what I think will work but I feel like the live is more my zone of genius rather than um, you know a five-day challenge can I make them all work yeah sure but I'm, mm. I'm much more effective, I think, in shorter periods of time and it's 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 better for me. One of the things that I've learned since I've been in, in this females in food business is I have to honour myself some more rather than be um, so focused externally. You know, even now, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know whether you can relate to this, but, you know, being, being um, an Aussie, um, and currently I'm, I work out of Sydney and that's the beauty of the internet. And, uh, you know, I don't need to be in the US where a lot of my customers are and I just I make it work for them but in a way that it works for me as well. Um, and um, equally the the way I deliver things, I think if if I can be the best version of me, then it's always going to be so much better for my customers. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about, you know, when you choose to do something that excites you, that you feel comfortable with, where you can be in your zone of genius, like you said, that's when you can bring the right energy. You are basically attracting the right people who want to work with you because of that energy that you bring into the table. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I always get comments that, you know, I'm so positive and highly energized. And I mean, I, I love what I do. You you got to love mm-hmm. what you do when you're launching and you've got an <laughs> online program and, you know, you spend a lot of time. Well, at least I do. I spend a lot of time physically by myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm interacting online with people a lot, but, um, you know, you, you got to love it because it's, it's hard work. Absolutely. Yeah. What has been some of your biggest lessons from all of the launches that you've done? And uh, yeah, what has been the biggest, I guess that's what I'm asking. Uh, to be consistent with my key message. 
and to really mm. understand my target market's problems, which inform the key message. That has been the hardest journey for me and to really get granular with it. That's what's been hard, to get underneath the the problems that you're solving. Uh, it's not good enough to be on the surface. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's why I moved from membership to lifetime. That's why I reformatted the program. It's uh, I spend in an inordinate amount of time understanding how to move Cassie from her frustrations and fears to her wants and her aspirations, you know, and tapping into that and really understanding the triggers for her to want to take action. Uh, you know, what is the point where enough is enough? And so for me, my example around Earlier on I was talking about I targeted those dream, that dream stage. I was in that dream stage five years ago and then I realised that because of my extensive business experience with big brands and multinationals and just having a really good feel for business, I, I realised actually that, that that targeting that person that was just at the dream stage the vast majority often didn't go on to really commit to building a business and that's where I'm most comfortable to be able to build a business that's purpose for profit and so that's another reason why I shifted away from the membership and part of that has meant getting closer to my, well, understanding that what I know intrinsically, I guess, intelligently as well as just life experience then how does that match up with her challenges and how can I offer her solutions um, and because I felt there was a disconnect really if people just stayed at that dream stage I totally respect it but it wasn't necessarily what where I wanted to play so coming back to your question around my biggest lesson it, it is around um, sorry um, uh, key messaging and solving problems and so I've just over the years I feel like it's if you could imagine that a glass of Guinness the beer a big mm -hmm. and the way once it's poured and it's poured with such artistry Guinness and how it settles um, yep. and and anybody who's listening who's never seen Guinness it's like sort of like um, Guinness won't be happy to hear me say this, but it's like silt settling <laughs> from the top to the bottom, certainly not silt, but that's what it's like where it becomes clearer and clearer over time and that's how it's been for me with the messaging and being able to offer my target market and women in the food and drink industry uh, solutions that really are transformational and over time it's just got closer and closer to who I really am and I think the the second biggest lesson, if I may just add that in, has been to back myself to know that what I offer as um, transformational as it is and maybe not stuck at all at the, the, the dreaming stage because I'm such a doer and supporter of women that if that's what she wants, then I will get her there. But I've needed to learn how to say it in a way that she can hear it 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, the reason that why you hadn't found your key messages or haven't been consistent is obviously because you hadn't found that key message. So it's easy to kind of shift from one thing to another and kind of make small changes, but that's all part of the process. It's all part of messaging, you know, because it changes all over, you know, during the, those years that you kept working on it. So it makes sense, to be honest. Thank you. Yeah, it feels, um, it feels like it's taken a long time. Uh, so, And I don't want to be a downer for people listening. <laughs> but I don't think you can necessarily speed up that process. And, and, and that's not no. saying, I mean, I did huge research before I launched, but it's just, it is that evolution. And, there's, and, and for any business owner, online or offline, I'd say over time, you just learn more and more. And the market changes so fast now with the internet. True. You know, I mean, True. it's just it's the speed of light at which things change and what people expect. And also, as I said earlier, I was the first to market five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whilst I don't have any direct competitors with, for women in food and drink, there's other online entrepreneurs in the food and drink space offering education. Right, yeah. Now that I agree with the messaging part, you know, it's, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that people think that they should know their messaging straight away, but that's never going to happen. Unfortunately, it's going to be, you know, iterations and changes and pivots. And yeah, like you said, you're going to learn new things. And then based on that, you do something else. And, but the good part is that eventually you will get to that point where you feel like this is it i'm finally here this is the messaging this is the key message that i want to get out there yes yes absolutely and now it's you know putting more money in women's pockets to be able to have more freedom you know i'm really really clear on that and that that's that feels so liberating ken i've got to say it's really only just come to me in the last couple of months which sounds and 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 to some people Perhaps it may sound really simple, but I think that has been the lesson to keep it really simple. But there's so much knowledge behind that. Uh, It's insane, actually, the amount of (laughs) surveying and research and observation and, you know, observation, whether it's click-through rates on EDMs or whether it's uh, engagement on social posts or just, you know, lately I've been doing a lot of qualitative interviews with people who are not members of mine but are in Mm -hmm. my community and those who are members and ascertaining what is it what's your perception of females in food um you know for those who haven't joined why haven't you joined um I don't ask it straight up as as bluntly as that but you know there's a conversation (laughs) and 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 I ask them their permission of which they all gave me to record the conversation because I wanted to listen for listen for things that they said, um, and you know, even this week coaching my members, we were talking about financial freedom and doing your you know margin management. So, how much money you put in your pocket to reinvest in your business for every product that they sell, and some people were saying they want you know the the beauty of having more money in their pocket is because they want to spend more time with their loved ones. And, you know, another person said 
she wants to send her two children, her two daughters, to a good school. I mean, I probably wouldn't have necessarily said or known that five years ago. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the impact that you have on people's lives, you are responsible for them to actually be able to do that. And I take that responsibility very seriously, actually. I feel quite emotional about it, to be frank. Yeah, it's very important to me that women feel empowered and to be able to follow their passion and prosper. I think you probably teach what one, what one teaches what one's got to learn. And I've always wanted to just follow my heart. Um, and that's what I want for uh, females in food too. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very important for me that they feel supported um, because we are talking about real life stuff, you know, can they afford to keep a roof over their head? Can they send their kids to the school that they want to go to? Um, you know, I, I have, if I, if I may just give one example, there's a woman out of Long Beach, California, who's a member of mine, whose child has, is on the autism spectrum and, um, she says he's about 12 and she says that he probably won't necessarily be able to get a job she thinks like I guess there's different degrees of being on the spectrum and um, Mm -hmm. and her particular child and her opinion is that he'll struggle so she started her uh, snacking business now to hand over to him in you know eight to ten years if he wants it so that he has a business I mean how would Mm. I I mean I couldn't make that stuff up no you couldn't no I mean it's just it's just so powerful yeah that is really extraordinary absolutely yeah love that so what does the future look like for you now uh, going forward, you talk about launching a podcast, amongst other things. Yes, uh, look, I'm so so excited for this year ahead, 2022. Uh, I am launching a podcast. It would have just launched probably as this interview goes to air, and so I'm extremely excited and grateful to have had the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you. Uh, I I'm going to hone in on the podcast which we called Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford on helping more mature food and drink business owners uh, know how to grow and scale Uh, and it it will be super helpful and I think I'll probably continue doing live launches uh, with masterclasses Um, so this first one will be in January and time will tell but it feels really right to go back there. And I'm doing some live activations. Again, I'm going to attend um, a trade show um, and I've invited members of mine to be on the Females in Food stand. So I was asked to have an exhibition booth and to brand it Females in Food. And so that's something really new to do a live activation like that face-to-face and to see how that goes. So there's one in... uh, for me in Melbourne in end of February and then there's another one in Sydney that they've invited me to do. I'll see how Melbourne goes at the end of Feb uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that drives traffic 
mm. to females in food and and from a launching perspective you know what will the show only offer be for me you know how will i make that connection from face to face through to my world and i i guess that's where the launch of my podcast will be really helpful plus i have other uh lead magnets and ways to add value to women in food and drinks life like my master my evergreen masterclass which by the way just to be clear will continue in the background despite doing live launches so mm. there'll be multiple touch points in how you can get into females in food uh and sh- and the plan is to go international with those trade shows um uh where there's a lot of foot traffic and a way to get up close and personal with people because there's a lot of networking uh, and I'll be speaking also at an event. So there'll be an event in an event at that trade show. So, yeah, it be interesting. Um, I'll let you know how it all goes probably midway through next year. It'll be fascinating to look back on some of the changes, you know, with the launch, relaunch, revisiting of a live masterclass, the launch of a podcast and the, these this face-to-face with the trade show. Um, I had no regrets not doing parties and events when I I closed that down a few years ago you know it was fortuitous because COVID Mm. happened and if my revenue because that was a revenue stream they were paid events um you know my if my business was geared to that I would have really been stuck um so that the intention is not to go back to parties and events as such but trade show is not is not a party it's uh it's, (laughs) it's another activation yeah, exactly. Um, is there any final advice that you would give to people who are doing launching or, yeah, an experience that you feel like you should have shared that you haven't shared? Plan, 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 plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more that you're clear at the very beginning and you get it out of your head, the better and onto a piece of paper. So for me, there's two primary documents that I have. One is a Gantt chart. So in an Excel spreadsheet down the left-hand side, everything that needs to happen from building the registration page through to the EDMs, through to the social media, through to the cart open. Uh, And then on the right-hand columns, the dates and when they need to happen. And then the other document that I live and breathe by is um, a content or or promotional plan where there's more, I, I expand on the copy, you know, what am I actually going to be saying? What is the key message for mm-hmm. for the launch? So they kind of marry up and... I spend an inordinate amount of time on those, but I think that that's the key to a successful launch. Love it. Love planning. Uh, And how can people reach out to you and work with you? I would love them to come and say hello on Instagram, which is females.in.food. Please say Send me a DM, say that they've listened to us on your podcast. I think that would be delightful. I honestly, truly do get a buzz from connecting with people in, you know, in real life because, as I said earlier, I spend 
too much time by myself. So even if you're an introvert, don't <laughs> worry, I won't bother you. I'll just say hello back. And check us out on the web, femalesinfood.com, and there's a stack of uh, resources on there that they can grab if they're interested or find out about me. Awesome. We'll link up everything in the show notes so people have something to click on. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story and your expertise or experience. I mean, experience. Yeah. Ken, thank you so much for the opportunity and your beautiful podcast speaking voice. It's lovely to be around. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for everybody who's been listening in this week. We'll take care and we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.